0: now. So we are 13 episodes in, so I guess it is safe to say that we're vested in this effort, this podcast, this this thing that I'm doing here. But regardless, with anything you have to keep on, as if no one is watching. Or in this case, as if no one is listening. But, as always, I am your humble host, Sean P. Wrights. And on this episode of Has in Since Burns, we're going to talk about purpose. Synchronicity, origin stories, fear of being fraudulent, a lesson, something that an elder gifted me. And we'll squeeze in a little something, a reading from my book, Book Two, Part Three. And then we'll loop it all back into those winding paths of purpose. That said, let's pause for the cause. Because you gotta have commercial breaks. Bills have to be paid. You know what? The most powerful thing about poetry is that it allows you to distill the complex in the and the esoteric or the metaphoric and, and in short burst and, and in long form it can it can tell a larger story than a than the most complex drawn-out novel it makes me think of... This piece that I wrote and what I spoke about earlier in this podcast about purpose. This piece, the quicksands, it, it really delved into it. You know, we we are the audience to the waters, tender and encores for Nary and applause, standing for nothing on foundations erected on sand that will never stand. And it's something about fear because being consumed with what lies beyond our line of sight can be burdensome. The sibling, the siblings of burdens is fear. But I realized our fears are fraudulent as the only power that they wield is their persuasiveness in causing us to dispense of our faith, endeavoring to wash over them like the currents of a stream. It isn't a dream but a reality that remains to be seen. There is power and repetition, and I committed myself to saying it until the truth, and I became one. My fears are fraudulent, and I endeavor to have no part of it. I feel the ripples manifesting themselves, and I am excited for the harvest. And I came across this... Uh, this piece, and I wrote this in 2006 during the spring. And it's interesting in how words echo and how soon we forget one of those things. It's, it's one of those algorithms that the wisdom that is often right in front of us that, that we take for granted. Well, consider this. You have two space probes the Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 that are in interstellar space. Charting the universe, searching for life. We we have all of these probes searching for life on other planets while we neglect the life is right here in front of us on this planet. That's something, ain't it? Let that marinate. cheering section cheerleaders cheer knowing that it is their job aware of the uncomfortable truths that their actions will seldom be reciprocated as a condition of their employment this is their path because they understand the implicit power of the shout story. Not like Peter Parker or Superman, but an origin story nonetheless. An origin story on my first book. Well, truth be told, I never intended to write it. I fleshed this out on my blog. I have photos from the scene of creation. It was a sad day that day. It was the beginning of winter in 2018 and my father had just passed and I was walking. And I fell to one knee, head spinning, heart racing. It was, It was visibly beating through my shirt. A self-fulfilling prophecy. Man, my father had left this earth and I was, I was going to die here on this path from a broken heart. But the biting cold, it, it left for an instant and I was warm. Like it was summer. And I felt the spirit of my old man compelling me to my feet. call it call it what you will but I heard him clearly no nah, young blood get up and run you got work to do son get up run he always alluded to this my old man used to run marathons and there was one infraction during school where I had to run in a marathon with them, and that soured me on running. But that's a story for another day. But as I was on that path, I I got up and I did as I was told. I got up on my feet and I began to run. And I didn't stop until I reached the water's edge. And I remember my my dad telling me, give him those words, son. And I stood at the edge of the water and I said, okay. Now, that was when I conceived this, this idea for this book and interestingly enough, I, I took myself through this entire process. I am a former journalist. You know, once once in the tribe, always in the tribe. You you never lose your skill sets. But. I educated myself on the entire process and I published. And it was slated to come out in the September September of 2019. It was supposed to be a long drawn out process. And instead of September the publishing date was on what would have been my my father's 70th birthday. And I often return to this because repetition is powerful. He told me during our last conversation, I'll give you a poke on the other side son to let you know I'm okay. And I laughed as I remember point taken synchronicity echoes that's the end of that origin story signed copies are available lesson I mentioned early on in this episode about a gift that I got, a lesson that I got from an elder. And I fleshed this out in October of 2020. This was during the time that I I put in a lot of work in my in putting together my my second book. This was in the in the midst of the pandemic and I, just like a lot of people, was trying to make sense of it all. And during this time I returned to something that that my Aunt Lillian always told me. Whenever I I pick up the pen I I often think of her. When the leaves fall and summer gives way to autumn. The melancholy beckons and, and I shut down. My thoughts oscillate between the pangs of loss and the realization that that love is truly the segue to a better place than this. I think of them every day, the souls who are some of my greatest heroes. My elders and those who have gone on to their reward, the anxious. Those rumblings of purpose, snapshots of the elders and ancients, but it used to just be around Halloween that had that that melancholy as as it was a reminder of sorts. Now. My Aunt Lillian was one of the most beautiful souls that I will ever encounter. And she had this gift of planting a seed whenever I was in her orbit. It was if she knew something that I didn't. Now, when I was growing up between her and my My maternal grandmother, my big mama, I used to sit between them and listen to the stories of our people, hanging on their every word when I was growing up. Consequently, it was a lot of these stories that I used to trace the roots of my people decades later. Hey, they don't call me the ancestor whisperer for nothing, right? Now, my auntie, I I often likened her to a guardian angel. Case in point. And let me tell you, I got this adorable picture of of me in the 70s with these Yogi Bear picnic pants. and It's probably worth a subscription to my site, but that's a story for another day. But I remember playing baseball in the lot next to my grandmother's house when I was a boy. Let me take that back. I was was following my older brother, so I was the little brother. So I wasn't doing much playing. I was actually getting more in the way than anything, than anything else. But... Due to my not paying attention in, in short order. I got struck in the head with the baseball bat. I screamed out in pain and with blood spewing from my head, I, I faded to black. I remember waking up with my head swaddled with the towel and my uh, Lillian holding me, telling me that it would be okay. And you know what? It was. I'm here. But fast forward a couple of a couple of decades. When I left home for college the first time, things went sideways, things went south. I lost my way, but but my auntie, she spoke words that led me back. When I fathomed dropping out of college and figuring whatever out as I went along, I called my auntie. The leaves of the trees were like how they are now. A kaleidoscope of colors in the air had the beginnings of the cold that was to come. We spoke about a host of things, but it was her telling me, nephew, I hear you studying to be a writer out there. That's good, son. Shit. If you got a story to tell, you better tell it. You don't got no time to be sitting around like a bump on the log. We only here for a little bit. And I remember the hair standing up on my neck when she said that. I didn't know why at the time, but little did I know her words would echo. Her consistency spoke volumes, seemingly dropping a gem on me that she knew would echo when I needed it it the most. My aunt, she passed shortly after we spoke and I remember grind myself into the void of what masqueraded as sleep for weeks afterward. Eventually, I ended up completing my undergraduate undergraduate studies, earning a degree in journalism powered, in part, by those words from my aunt. Later, I earned an MBA. And I had a rude awakening when I realized that I was one of those people who derive their identity from their corporate parent. And I've touched on this earlier. In this podcast series about the full love that can never be reciprocated. Coming to terms that I was simply a commodity instead of a person was a torturous process that happened in the stages of a head-on collision in 2012 during my return from the business trip. We were butts in seats, as one of the C-level executives called us. at the scene of my accident they asked me repeatedly how did you get out of the car that's an episode for an entirely separate podcast but we may have to revisit that but when I returned to work following my accident on A handful of people asked how I was. I had accepted that I would die in my car that day, but I remember my... I remember getting out of that car by way of my auntie and grandma pushing me out. She told me that I had work to do. And I struggled with what my survival meant in the aftermath of the accident. Before accepting the uncomfortable truth that I had placed my faith and allegiance in the wrong places. And when I hung my head in shame, the words of my aunt echoed with the force that would lead me to one of the most humbling experiences of my life. to be continued in episode 14 I appreciate you stopping by and as always I am your humble host Sean P. Wrights, and we signing off and you always find me here at the water's edge This reading of wisdom and algorithms it's a piece from my second book From the Water's Edge Volume 2 Those gaps of our faith obstacles arrayed in paths clouding vision as a humble climb gaining altitude watching from vantage points celestial, terrestrial esoteric, recalibrating our keywords, those algorithms of our faith, learning that humility is just wisdom, tender, when knees are compelled to bend.